welcome back to another Beach Cop Detectives interview with the writers, cast, and crew of Terriers. This time out, we're talking to Jed Seidel, a writer and consulting producer on the show. He's credited as the writer on the episodes Missing Person and Dog and Pony. You might recognize his name from work he's done on Nash Bridges, Gilmore Girls, or Veronica Mars, to name a few. In this interview, we talk about how he came to Terriers, what he thinks about the relationship between Steph and Hank, and whether Veronica Mars and Terriers have anything in common. So sit back and enjoy this interview with Jed Seidel, writer and consulting producer on Terriers. Jed, first of all, thank you for talking to me. My pleasure. And I, I guess my first question, as always, is looking back, what are some of your feelings about Terriers? I have very warm feelings about Terriers. It was a, it was a fun show to work on. It was a great crew, and so I love going on set. You know, I worked on Veronica Mars, which filmed in the same studio, and so I knew a lot of the crew already, which was just nice to come home to those people. You know, it was, and it was a great writing staff, so I have very fond memories of that. Also, a lot of late nights and missed deadlines and stuff like that. <laughs> you mentioned Veronica Mars, and I, so I want to ask a question. Terriers, to me, always seem kind of Veronica Mars adjacent. Yeah. It felt like it could have been in the same world. Well, it is in the same world because we filmed in the same city. Sure. So it was like, you know, similar locations. Yeah, but it, I definitely always felt that, too. Yeah, it seemed like the, some of the themes, same themes of the rich versus the poor and, you know, the scrappy private detectives in a corrupt town, that kind of thing. It just seemed like there was a lot of connection between those two. And I wondered if there was anything between those two shows that you that you feel like you brought from Veronica Mars over to Terriers. I mean, just, you know, a, a knowledge of the private detective genre, you know, which I've worked in a few times. Yeah, I think there was. I think, I mean, I do think there were definitely, even tonally, there are some similarities between the two shows. Can you tell me how you came to Terriers in the first place? I absolutely can. Years ago, I worked with Sean Ryan on a show called Nass Bridges, and that was Sean's first, like, staff job. And we remained friends over the years. And then when he started doing Terriers, he sent me an email and asked me if I wanted to do, like, half a script. Of course, it was one of those things, too, where it was like, the email was sent to an email address that I don't use. <laughs> and so it's like three days went by and I totally didn't see it, you know? And then I'm like, sure. So that was ridiculous. But anyway, so he asked me if I would do half a script and then Sean being one of the most decent people in Hollywood invited me to come and watch them film the pilot, which I did. So I drove, I drove to San Diego and watched them shoot the pilot. And then, you know, it, a few months went by and they were staffing. And, and actually, in the beginning, I really had just I just came on to do half a freelance with him to, you know, to, to co-write a script with Sean. And then I kind of was lucky enough to be in the office uh, when the show was going on and made myself useful. And I ended up getting a, a producer job. What was that script? Uh, the Dog and Pony. It was Dog and Pony. OK. Yeah. And then uh, you also did uh, Missing Persons. Yeah. I saw it was one, one of the ones you're credited on. I mean, I assume you did all of them. From what I understand, it was the writer's room set up. So what was the difference between the episodes that you were sort of credited on and the ones that you worked on in the room? Was it the one that you started writing? Was it the one that you finished writing? How did that work? Well, I mean, it, it depended on where we were in our process, because especially later in the season, we started, you know, writing a lot of the scripts together because there sort of was a there was a, a time crunch. Missing Persons was a script that I was kind of racking my brain for a story idea. And I came up with that story idea. So that was lucky for me at that time. Did that story come from, was there a news story, something you'd seen? It was something I heard on NPR about a guy that had gone abroad and taken these pills and 
had completely lost his memory and, you know, ended up in this foreign country and didn't know who he was. And I think he ended up like in a sanitarium or something. It was a really kind of dark story. And it took him a long time before he actually recovered his memory. But, you know, it was sort of like we've seen amnesia stories before, but there was something really interesting to me about it, it being this completely plausible thing that it actually like the details of how it had happened to me were really compelling. And I thought that was just a really interesting character. Well, that's one of the things we talked about when we talked about the episode was that uh, some of the tropes of, of Terriers were things we'd seen before. I mean, many of them were. It was, it was a private eye genre, as you noted. But there was always a fresh take on it. And I feel like Missing Persons was definitely one of those where it's like, we've seen amnesia, but we haven't seen it to this degree. And we haven't seen it where it was sort of a reflection to sort of show how Hank was relating to Steph and, and Steph's mental degradation at the time. And I think that was one thing you guys did really well. And I, I wanted to ask you guys a little bit about Steph, because Steph and Hank's story was sort of front and center in that missing person story. Yeah. And I'm curious, how much of the backstory did you guys have that maybe never made it above that that iceberg level of us seeing it? Because they mentioned their parents, and they sort of do a mockery of their mom, but we never really see any of that. And Was that stuff ever developed in the room, or was it sort of a just a moment-by-moment moment moment thing? It was a moment-by-moment moment thing, I think. I mean, I, I feel like especially that that specific thing with the parents, I don't remember discussing in the room. Um, I mean, there's something amazing about having Donald with his actual sister, you know, and something that a reality that the two of them brought together, being actual siblings and having that history together. I think that that played into it. What was the writing room like on Terriers? What was the general vibe and how, how did you guys generally work? It kind of depended on who on who we had available because everyone, you know, like Sean was really busy. Ted was 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 really busy. So you kind of had to catch them when you could. Tim was sort of the person that was always there and, you know, really kept the room running all the time. But, you know, uh, it was sort of, you know, when everyone was available and we'd get everyone in the room was when we were working. How much of it would you say was sort of focused on arc storytelling and how much was focused on let's break each episode, like the story of the week? Was there a breakdown in that way or were you guys always sort of working on everything at the same time? Yeah, I think we were working more uh, everything at the same time. I mean, you're, you always want to have your story. You know, you always need to have that, whatever story you're telling that week. You know, a, a lot of it just happened while we were in the room, you know, or was something that, that Ted came in with or that Sean came in with or, or Tim came in with. It was that that kind of arc was changing all the time. As opposed to like, like Veronica Mars, which like Rob Thomas kind of knew from the beginning where we were going to end up and like who the killer was in the first season. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cause that's one thing that Tim had mentioned when I talked to him was that the big reveal about Reynolds was sort of developed as that episode was breaking. Yeah. Do you have a particular memory of a, of a moment or a character that you, that you enjoyed writing or something that you, that you remember throwing into the, the mix? No, I mean, I, you know, I always like writing comedy and so I'm always really happy when I'm allowed to do that. And especially that, that brand of comedy Ted's pilot script is so brilliant to me. I mean, it was so funny and and fresh and original when I read it. You get really excited to work on a show like that. Was there anything particularly that you did to sort of get the notion of Ted's voice? I know that Tim talked about when he was happy to figure like he could write in Ted's voice. Well, I mean, that that is a, it's a challenge that you always face when you work on a TV show because you you do, you know, you want to bring some originality to it. You want to bring your own personality to it. But in the end, it is it does come from one person. And sometimes that voice can be very specific and that humor can be very specific. You know, so you do have to match that. 
there was, uh, I think, a, you know, more leeway than on other shows that I've worked on. Because, you know, like I've worked on Gilmore Girls where like that voice is so specific, you know, where you, you have to capture that exact voice. To me, part of the challenge was was making it as witty as Ted is, you know, because Ted is fucking funny. <laughs> and there's just no way around that. Well, two of the touchstones that Ted had mentioned were Butch Casting and Sundance Kid and The Sting. Uh, did you have particular touchstones that you relied on to sort of give you the, the feel of Terriers? No, I mean, he actually did, like, he did mention certain movies along the way. And and I did watch those movies. Like I watched Butch, Butch Cassidy again while we we're working on the show, and 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 some other movies that he that he recommended. A lot of people on that show. I almost want to say everyone. We're, we're like movie freaks. I mean, there was a lot of discussion in the writers' room about other movies. And Ted is hilarious and 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 loves to play like trivia games and stuff like that when he's in the room. Which is you know he he actually made the room really fun and you know and Sean knows how to run a writers' room so he made it really enjoyable. Also. Did you have any characters that you particularly enjoyed writing or ones you could wish you could have written more for? No, I mean, I did, you know, it was it was definitely fun to write Steph because that was an unusual character for the show. I mean, writing the rapport between those two characters is really fun. You know, and I like that kind of I like writing that kind of dialogue. Did you know that Karina Logue had been cast when you guys were writing for Stephen Hank? I don't think so. I don't think that it was like automatically that she was a sure shot for that role. I feel like there was at least some other actors that auditioned. So no, it's, I don't think the role was written for her. She just turned out to be amazing. Can I ask just a more general question? What are some of your influences in terms of writing? You said you like comedy. Was there so when you were when you were developing your voice? What were some of the influences on you? Oh, it was it was so long ago. <laughs> um, you know, I I, I I have to say Woody Allen, which you know, which anyone who writes who likes comedy is going to say Woody Allen, but definitely he's an influence. And and you know, I when I was in film school or. When I was younger, I definitely watched a lot of old movies and black and white movies and you know, Billy Wilder and, and people like that. Peter Bogdanovich. I don't, I don't know if I don't, I don't know if Peter Bogdanovich now falls into the classic category, but Peter Bogdanovich in the 70s was influential on me. All right. Well, thank you so much for talking to me. I really appreciate it. And, and thank you for your part in bringing Terriers to life. It was one of my favorite shows. Oh, thank you. Thank you for keeping Terriers alive. Cop Detectives is an independently run podcast co-produced by Randy Lander and Grant Davis from the TV Dudes and part of the Permanent Record Network. Music for this series includes the surf music tracks Happy and Whimsical by Paul Tayan. To hear more of his work, go to soundcloud.com slash Paul Tayan. Artwork for the show is by Nate Bliss. You can find him at n8bliss-art.tumblr.com. You can like us on Facebook at Beach Cop Detectives and on Twitter at Beach Cop Podcast. You can hear weekly TV commentary by Randy and Grant at the TVDudes.com. Thanks for listening.